0: Hey, hey, hey friends! It is Java with Jen, and this is Jenna Lee, and I'm so pumped that you have joined me for today's episode. I know many of you are dreamers. Like, like me, you guys are you guys are destiny people. Well, today's guest and I met in a totally unexpected way, which I believe is because you are supposed to be listening to this episode. Listen, his life message is all about dreaming and helping dreamers get the things out of their heart that are locked up inside to benefit the world around them. And he has a lot of experience with this because he is a well-established musician, actor, and public figure. Real quick, before we dive in, though, I just wanted to mention something you may notice. It's a wonderful problem to have. God is expanding our reach to hear from people that are further away, and that means interviews that are done over the phone. Well, with that, sometimes using new technology can bring little bitty glitches. So if you notice a difference in today's record quality, that's all that it is. If you can give just a little bit of grace for those changes, I know that you're really going to be blessed by today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. And now, on with the show. Hi, and you're listening to Java with Jen, with your host, Jenilee Samuel. I'm super excited for today's guest I first discovered him when I was watching the movie Mom's Night Out, and his character was one of my favorites in the movie because he just did a totally great job with that role. <laughs> and then a friend shared with me that his wife, who was also in the movie, happens to be one of my longtime favorite comedians, Angela Johnson. So not only did he snag Bon Cui, Cui as a bride, but he was also the lead singer in the band Group One Crew and is also a fellow fashion lover and stylist. His most current venture is an exciting one, which I will let him share about later. So I want to welcome Manuel Reyes to today's show. Thank you so much, Manuel, for taking the time out to share your story. I'm so excited. Thanks for
1: having me. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely.
0: Now that you know how I learned about you. (laughs) um, Yeah. I'm super curious because it took me, not by surprise, but I was like, holy crap, I didn't know you and Angela. We're married until I went then and hunted you guys down on YouTube to find out the story. So tell us how that happened.
1: A friend of mine that I was currently my best friend's wife just kind of hit me up out of nowhere and was like, hey, I think you should meet this girl. And I was like, "Okay, sure. And she sent me her Facebook profile and I was like, oh, (laughs) wow. okay." like I was like, it's so news to me. Like I've, I've never heard of her. Apparently she was a big deal. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, it's cool. Let's, let's try this. And I was like, God surprised me. And so, um, wow. I, I was on tour okay, and she was on tour. And so we just kind of like did a blind date on Skype oh, <laughs> and it was quite hilarious because she was just, she was packing cause she was leaving the next day and she just was not caring at all
0: That's hilarious. about
1: me. She was just going back and forth in screen, out of screen. I was like, wow, this chick does not like me. Let me, <laughs> let me quit this right now. And then after that, she didn't call me for like a week. And oh. so I hit up my friend and I was like, yo, why are you trying to hook me up with people that don't like me? And she was like, I'm sorry. And then finally Angela hit me up a week later. And I was like, look, I checked out all your stuff. I think you're, you're cool. You know, I'd love to meet you. Here's what I'll do. I'm in South Carolina right now, but I will fly all the way to LA Mm -hmm. and I'll, I only have two days off so we can have a day date with my friends so that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm completely above ground, not trying to be anything shady. This isn't like a, you know, across the country. I just want to just, you know, meet somebody thing. (laughs) And then if you dig me, then we can go on a night date the next day ourselves. And she was like, cool. So I flew out, landed, went straight to lunch. Uh-huh. It was only like an hour lunch. We, She was like, okay, cool. We can do dinner. Uh-huh. So I was like, all right, cool. We do dinner. She picked me up. And she was cold like the whole time, like Aww. super cold. And I was like, ugh, Jesus, in 10 minutes, if this chick doesn't warm up, I'm going to fake a stomach ache. I'm going to bounce. <laughs> and... It, at that ten-minute mark, when I was like, "Okay, okay, this is it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave," she totally like leaned over and gave me like a side hug, the real like churchy side hug, and I was like, yeah. "Okay, I'll, I'll take it." <laughs> and then well, we ended up having like, <laughs> yeah, we ended up having a great time, and then we hugged at the end of the night, and the hug was like sparks, and it was funny because we didn't kiss because I told her I was like, "I'm not kissing until you know I know that that's gonna be the one."
0: Yeah,
1: and so. We hugged it out, and it was fireworks, and the rest is history.
0: That's so great. Did you guys date, and were, how did the engagement work if you were on tour and she's on tour?
1: Man, we dated and got engaged. Everything happened in nine months.
0: Oh, wow. So That's awesome. It was
1: yeah, it was, it was quick.
0: I saw the wedding video thing, mm-hmm. medley or whatever it is, on YouTube. Is it still there? Okay. We
1: have a couple up, so you can check out our, our newlywed video or the actual wedding video.
0: Okay. That's awesome. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your backstory. Like where did you grow up and did you go to school for the industry that you're in now? And I mean, just give us some of your background.
1: Um, I didn't go to, I went to the school of hard knocks. That's where I went. (laughs) Um, I went to Bible college. I was, so I, I used to be a little thug growing up, you know, my family was in the military and when we got out, I was born and raised in Germany Oh wow. King, was there for 10 years, then came to Kansas and lived there for a little bit and then retired. My dad retired in Orlando. Okay. When we retired, I realized, oh my God, we're poor because we don't have money coming in anymore. Oh. So my parents had to like move into this small little house. It was so small. It was like a, a townhome.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And when I went to school the first day, I'm coming with my little you know, in in the army, we had this thing called the PX, and that's where you shopped at. Oh, so right. there's no there's no real name brands there, and so I'm coming in <laughs> with the wackest outfit in the history of outfits. <laughs> it was this orange and black, like matching outfit. the uh-huh. the The shorts were bl- black and orange pinstripe. Oh. With the shirt was bright orange and the brand was zip code. Oh. And I, it was so bad. I look like a freaking ugly pumpkin. And oh. I, I walk into this school and people are wearing like Tommy Hilfiger, Nautica. Like this was when that was really big. Sure. And I was like, Oh my God, I do not fit in. Oh. And so I told my mom, I was like, mom, we got to go get these clothes. And so we went to the mom, we realized, Oh, these are way too expensive for us. So, <laughs> that made me get into my life of crime, which is sad, but it was literally just to fit in. So I started like robbing people and robbing places and carrying guns and doing the whole like, wow, I was a bad, bad person. And then got saved when I was in uh, uh, my, going into my senior year of high school. Somebody invited me to church camp.
0: Wow. And
1: I went and got radically saved and never looked back. And so after that, Went to Bible college, graduated Bible college, became a balloon animal man.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) They make a lot of money.
1: Heck yeah. Paid off all my debt. At the end of paying off my debt, I got signed to Warner uh, with Group One Uh and then did that for years, like 13, 14 years. Wow. And then ended up now. Uh, I got a new deal with um, uh, Capital Records. So, oh, come on
0: now. Are you going to do solo?
1: Yeah, it's solo stuff. But um, but I'm about to finish that deal as well because, to be honest, uh-huh. I don't like being on anybody's label. I like doing my own thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So okay,
1: that's kind of like a brief rendition.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was definitely, I can, because I have like 12 questions now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um,
0: okay, so how then, okay, well, go into your got saved story. Like, what was that, you went to youth camp and you got mm-hmm. radically saved. Um yep. How did that, how did you encounter the Lord that, that brought you to that moment?
1: Man, so I was going to church the whole time I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I just was that guy who only went for the girls. I was like, there's a lot of pretty girls here.
0: (laughs) I did that too. Let's go.
1: Yeah. And so after every, you know, I would, I would, I would go to church, but then I'd be sleeping with people and and robbing people and whatever. But then I would come back to church. Yeah. So it was, it was so weird. And then just randomly somebody invited me to youth camp and they told me that it was paid for. Now, At that point, nobody has ever done anything like that for me. It was like 130 bucks, which isn't like a crazy amount of money. But the fact that somebody spent 130 bucks on me. Yeah. I was like, they could have, it felt like they spent a million.
0: Yeah. So
1: I just felt this feeling of like, man, I got to go. Even though I don't want to go. Somebody (laughs) paid for me. Like, that's big. And so I go thinking, all right, I'm just going to meet more girls. And the first night. God shows up, like, and when I mean he shows up, like, he showed up. Like, I I don't know how familiar listeners are with church, but you can go to to camps and it's very like, it's like a, how do you say, it's like a pep rally for Jesus, you know? And it's very like, yeah, come on, let's all get excited. So when you have a typical church service, there's a worship team, there's a preacher, there's sometimes Mm -hmm. people out in the lobby selling stuff or whatever, you know? Right. In this place, when Jesus fell that first night, mm-hmm. not one single person was standing up. Wow! There was no preacher standing up. There was no worship band standing up. Everybody out in the halls were, were face down, bawling. Come on, it was man. the most weirdest thing I have ever experienced <laughs> in my life. Because mind you, at this point, I'm not saved. Right, right. I'm just face down. And in my mind, I am cussing. The whole time. Every <laughs> cuss word you can think of. What the F is this? This mm-hmm. is F and crazy. But in my mouth, I was like, I'm not worthy. I'm dirty. I'm dirty. I'm not worthy. I'm dirty. I'm dirty. That's all I kept saying. Wow. So it was just freaking me out. And then I see a vision huh. of Jesus walking through the room. I just see his feet. And I didn't know him, but I knew him. Like I didn't know him, meaning like I've never. Claim Jesus, I never followed Jesus, nothing, but when I saw, I knew. Wow. And it reminded me of that scripture that says all of us are born with the measure of faith inside our hearts. Mm. It was like that thing of like, oh the spirit knew. Yeah. Hey, that's him. That's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And when everybody could get up, I ran to the altar, got saved, and came Mm -hmm. back and quit everything. All my I told my homies, I broke up with my girl. I told my mm-hmm. homies that I used to rob people with. I was like, "I'm out, wow. I'm done," and I went from being the most popular kid in high school to the most not popular kid in high school. <laughs> that's how it goes. It was, it was like no more parties, no more anything. But I didn't care. Like I, right. I just didn't care. I was like, "All right, guys, this is my new me." Wow. And so that's the story. And I just that's like awesome. all things that I do, I do it at a hundred. Wow. And so I just went all in.
0: That's so awesome. So then at, so that was your senior year in high school, you said, so did you go to to Bible school right after high school?
1: I did a year in, uh, like, uh, community college and then went to Bible college in, uh, Lakeland, Florida, Southeastern.
0: Oh, Southeastern. Okay. And so what did you go to Bible school for? Were you trying to pursue ministry or what?
1: No, nah, I didn't care. I was like, uh, I just want to learn more about Jesus. Where do people do that at? Oh, let's right. go to a Bible school. Because <laughs> I knew I was going to be a musician. So I didn't right. really care what I did. I was like, all right, what am I going to do while I'm grinding as a musician Right. and waiting for that ministry to take off? Right. Um, I want to learn about Jesus. So let me go check out this Bible college. And I literally walk into that to the um, counselor who's like helping you decide what you're going to major in. And uh-huh. I was like, listen, man, I'm going to be a musician one day. So I don't really care what I do here. Just mm-hmm. give me a major that I don't fall asleep in class. That's all I want. <laughs> and he was awesome. like looking at me like, is this kid serious? <laughs> and I was like, I'm dead serious. Like, just give me something that I'm not going to fall asleep. And he was mm-hmm. like, well, do you like TV? And I'm like, I love TV. He's like, "Do you?" well, we have this communication. I was like, cool, sign me up. Let's go. And I left. Had Uh no clue what communications was. (laughs) I showed up to class so green. I was like, what? These are we call we call ourselves calm geeks because it's like a bunch of nerds. that love cameras and love like all this behind the, you know, behind the scenes stuff. Right. So I'm like, wow. And I'm like in front of the camera kind of guy. So I was just like surrounded by all these guys. And I was like, what am I doing here? Uh I'm at this college, this like 98%. Like I was the only dude that looked like me. Uh You know what I'm saying? Like it was crazy. And at first I was like, oh, I am not going to stay here. This is just not the business. But then I ended up falling in love with um, Mark Rutland, who was our president at that point. Mm -hmm. I went to a chapel and I was like wow, wherever this guy's going, I'm following. So oh, that's awesome. Wow. Best decision I've ever made.
0: No kidding. Okay. Well then that worked out. The Lord totally orchestrate all those pieces because you're going to need those skills. So, okay. So then at what point did group one crew, cause I didn't realize that group one crew was around for so long. I was thinking it was like four years or five years, but you said that was no. like 14 or something.
1: Yeah, well, I started a band in Bible College called X Y C, and then the second I got out, that band kind of dissipated, and then I started doing Manuel stuff. Okay. And so at the time in Orlando, there was like 13 or 14 people. They were all part of this little crew that I kind of knew. And so I kind of was like, hey, all you guys are trying to do this thing. Like, I know how to do it. Why don't you come hang with me, and I'll show you how to Mm -hmm. do it. Yeah and so that's kind of what they did and and like 13 of them we all got together and we were all like i was just basically just showing them how to be a musician and an artist because they were all very talented on their own Mm -hmm. but it was just about giving them vision and direction yeah and so from that 13 we we did it for like three years and then everybody kind of went their own separate way and i kept going and that's Mm -hmm. when i got found on myspace um by my MySpace. old manager. Yeah, MySpace. Yes. Before anything, <laughs> right? I got found by my old manager on MySpace. And awesome. he was like, hey, if you put a group together, I think I have a label that's interested. And so that's when I called Pablo and Blanca and said, hey, if you're down to do this, I have a deal on the table if you want to come along.
0: Okay.
1: And so they just got on a plane and met in Nashville. And what? the rest is history. That was that's- in 06.
0: That's awesome. And when did the band um, dissolve, or did you guys just like? How did that end?
1: Well, Pablo left at first. Then, uh, towards towards the end, Blanca wanted to do her stuff, her mm, music, sure. and so she kind of left. I'm guessing it was like 2015, somewhere around there. Okay. Like right after we put out our last re- our our um, Fearless record.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, so that's... Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so neat how all these pieces come together. So then, did you did you ever picture acting in that? How did the acting come into things?
1: Uh, I mean, Is I that- feel like... I feel like I could do anything. That's how I, like, in my mind, I see myself, I'm like, I can do anything I want. <laughs> so anything that comes to my mind, I do. <laughs> okay. So Andy... Andy and his brother shot my move music video. They're the directors of the movie.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: since they saw me in that video, they were like, bro, you belong on camera. Mm -hmm. You you have to act. And I was like, hey, holler at me anytime, bro. I'm here. (laughs) And so fast forward 10 years later, they finally hollered and was like, yo, we got this part. Come read for it. And I was like, all right. And so I went and I read and... That was They're great. Like, cool.
0: Yeah, you totally nailed that, that part. I remember when I was watching the Moms Night Out, I was like, who is this dude? Like, you just it's, like. You it's so it was-
1: weird because I, I literally thought people were just full of boo-boo. Like, because people <laughs> kept coming up to me like, you were my favorite part. And then Trace Atkins was like, you were my favorite part. I'm like, bruh. I was on screen for a cumulative amount of one minute. And 30 seconds, like maybe two (laughs) minutes. I'm like, I was barely on screen. Please stop giving me the nice Hollywood stuff, you know? Yeah. But sure enough, everywhere I went, people kept telling me the same thing. They're like, you are our favorite part. You are our favorite part. And I was like, hmm, maybe these people are being for real. Maybe they're being honest with me. Yeah." I mean, it was a freaking thing that worked, and to this day, people are just like, "You're my favorite," and I was like, "Okay, I'll be, I'll be your favorite."
0: <laughs> You're like, whatever. That's awesome. Well, that's yeah. so great. So, well, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more acting up the pipeline, but so, but it sounds like music is really your passion. That's what you want to go after.
1: Uh, I think it was. Okay. I don't know where I'm at now. <laughs> Stop figuring it up. Now I'm just chilling, to be honest. I uh-huh. told myself I would retire at 40. So that's two years away. So I'm I'm about to... I'm kind of like living that retired person life. I thought music was going to be the it. Uh-huh. But it's crazy what God does, man. So true. It's so it true. It really is.
0: I feel like our, our lives just kind of go in seasons. It keeps life exciting, though. It keeps pulling on different gifts that maybe you didn't know you had buried. So
1: Yeah. And I mean, it, get, it makes you like... It makes you understand that you're more than what you do, you know? Yeah. It's like for a long time, I always thought, I'm going to be this musician, this road dog. I'm going to be touring all my life. Then fast forward and I get polyps on my throat and I can't talk for six months. Oh, gosh. That's the worst. And so I was like, I talked to the doctor and he's like, you can get this surgery. And you have a 50-50 chance of you ever singing again. Oh, gosh. And I was like, man, that is not good odds. No. And he was like, but if you don't do it, you're for sure going to never sing again. Oh, And I was like, okay, well, I have no choice. And so for six months, I was silent, didn't know if I was going to be able to sing again. And me and Jesus had some real conversations. No kidding. And I figured out, you know, the most important thing that I could ever accomplish and be is a son of God. Like nothing else is more important. Like when you break it all down. Yeah. Music comes with stress. It's fun. It's free. It's awesome that you get to get your creativity out. Yeah. But it comes with critics. It comes with pressure. It comes with all Mm -hmm. these things and none of it, And it's a crazy thing. Like we think the Christian industry is like, oh, this is like such a ministry. This is Mm. is not a ministry. It is a business. Mm. You have to get hit singles like secular has to get hit singles. You got to sell records like secular has to sell records. Mm. It's not no ministry. Ain't nobody like, hmm, I'm going to pray about who I'm going to take on tour. That's not how it works. It's (laughs) like, who's selling the most records? Okay, they're going to come on tour. Mm. So it's like, You get thinking that, oh, it's a ministry. It's a ministry. Now, ministry can happen in it, Mm -hmm. but it is not a ministry. So, because of that, I started realizing, like, I don't like any of this because I think the standard of which I'm being judged by people, by quote unquote fans, and by the industry Mm
0: -hmm.
1: is not how, how God is looking at me at all. Yeah. Like, He don't care if I have a hit single, He don't care if I tour the world. Yeah. He just doesn't care. He only wants me to do what he called me to do. yeah, And so that's why I felt like I got to get out because at least for me, I wasn't able to balance the difference. Sure. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. 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 No, so, that's, so, so with that, cause I totally, I really do agree. I feel like being, especially in the, in entertainment to any capacity, which my sister is more so in that industry than I am. And so I kind of see it more secondhand but mm-hmm. man, the struggle is legit and, and figuring out whose rules you're going to play by and where, how your faith factors into your personal boundaries and, mm-hmm. you know, principles that you will and will not live by and stuff. And so what, like looking back on all of your experience in that, what advice would you have given yourself like 10 years ago?
1: I wish I would have invested sooner because here's the reality of it. And I know that sounds weird. Uh-huh. At the end of the day, people do what they do because of money. Like yeah. At the end of the day, we live in a world that runs on money. Sure. So when you're trying to make these records happen, it's because you're trying to make a living. Mm-hmm. You love Jesus, but at the end of the day, you have to make a living. Right. So you're doing everything you're doing so that hopefully somebody likes it, so that hopefully you'll get booked and hopefully you'll make money and keep that cycle going. Yeah. The day that I found freedom was when me and my wife made some good decisions financially Mm -hmm. and we started winning financially and so I started jumping into real estate and jumping into investments and now all of a sudden Christian industry I don't need your money Mm, yeah I don't need you to book me at all if you don't book me I will be fine Mm -hmm. so that's when I like there's this thing that lifted that it was like do what god wants you to do, say what god wants you to say. If yeah. you make people mad, then let them get mad. If people don't book you, then they don't book you. Mm. And it was this true freedom where I was like, I don't need you. Mm. I love the people, but I don't need you as an industry to take care of me. Yeah. Because god is doing it in another area. He's t- he's helping me in other areas so that I can do this with purity of heart mm. and not worried Or be concerned, because before it's like, oh, do they think I'm Christian enough? I need to write this record, even though I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I need them to think I'm Christian. I need to say there's a quota on how many times you say Jesus. And if you don't say Jesus, then it's not a Christian song. (laughs) It's literally all these things where I'm just like, who lied to these people? Mm -hmm. Like, who lied to them? So they, they actually think that if it's a worship song, that means it's a Jesus song. This is not true. Hmm. Just because you that's like, that's like me saying, okay, I'm going to give Marilyn Manson a Hillsong song, and he's going to sing it, and it's going to automatically make him a Christian.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying.
1: If he does a worship album, does that automatically make him a Christian? <laughs> no. he, can be, he can be killing cats on the side, but he'll do a worship album. And all of a sudden, people are going to be like, Nanny Manson is saved. We love him. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not true. You can't just give people songs. They sing it, and that makes them a Christian. Right, right. It's the spirit behind the music that makes a song. Come on now. Christian or not. It's not the lyrics. That's crazy. Anybody can recite lyrics. And what people don't know, most of these people, the songs are written for them. Uh They're not even writing the songs. They're just getting songs pitched to them. And they're like... Yes, that is a very good Jesus song. (laughs) So some 40-year-old guy who's not an artist at all is writing this song or some 40-year-old woman or some, you know, some random Uh person that doesn't look like an artist, doesn't act like an artist is writing these amazing songs. Your favorite artist is singing them and you're giving them the credit. And then all of a sudden, this has become what Christian music is to you. Mm. And so you fight for it aggressively. And anyone that does any kind of music outside of that, you say, that's secular,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's secular. And you compare them to the quote unquote Christian artists, not knowing how everybody is living and the spirit behind the music or why they're even doing it. Right, right. So, me seeing the behind the scenes, I'm like, oh, okay. I will not live by your rules. Mm-hmm. I cannot. And so, what I would tell the younger me is figure out how to financially be stable without this. Mm-hmm. Whatever your thing is for Jesus, try to figure out a way to make money somewhere else so that when you're doing it for Jesus, it's pure.
0: Mm, It's just
1: pure. And then if you make money from it, awesome. Great. But it was already pure before you started making money from it. Sure. You didn't need it. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. That's so good. That's so true. You know, there was, I remember back when I was in college, I listened to this worship album and what you're saying was the first time I kind of clicked like, how much the spirit behind the music makes a difference because it was a worship album, but for some reason on that last song, I would always end up in this weird, offended, weird, emotional funk after I listened to that last song. And like, while I was listening to it and I remember thinking, okay, why it was the same emotional place I would end up at. And it didn't make sense to the words of the song. It didn't make sense how I was responding emotionally to the actual, words of the song. But I was like, is there something on this song? Like, what was it written out of? Like, what heart was it written out of? What was the artist going through when this was recorded or when it was written? Mm -hmm. Because that is what I felt transferring to me. And I was like, whoa, this is so different than what we always think. Just like you're saying, if they say Jesus enough, it must be a Christian song. But you're right. Yeah,
1: It's crazy to think that because it's I felt the spirit in songs that aren't even um, people not even, you know, claiming that it's a Christian song. Like it's just, it just doesn't, I mean, there are, there are wolves in sheep's clothing and I'm not downing anyone in the Christian industry. I'm just saying as a believer, if your if your way of judging whether something is Christian or not is face value, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: then how, like you're not judging anything accurately because anybody can show you something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it's
1: about. It's about the spirit behind it and whether or not it's being lived.
0: Right, right. And,
1: and that's what I got tired of seeing. I'm like, man, I have friends that love Jesus. They love him so much. Mm-hmm. And they'll try and they're in the industry with me and their band won't make it. But then I'll have another dude that I know, you know, and I'll never say names, but sure. I'm like, they had to pay this fool to get in here and sing. And that song <laughs> went number one. Wow. And y'all fools are like comparing me. To him mm. or to them. Sure. And that boggled me. Like they would, they would come at me so hard. Mm. You're not Christian. You're not Christian. When I did the tour with my wife, oh, I can't believe you guys. You guys are not believers. You're doing shows in clubs. I'll and and you're in secular arenas. And I'm like, you guys, I was so angry wow because i'm like if you only knew what your favorite artist does when the, when they're not on stage yeah and if you only knew that in that club that i was at i was praying for people outside of that club leading them to jesus and uh-huh. this is the one thing that you're coming at me saying that i'm not christian because i'm in a club yeah but you don't know that me and my wife are leading people to the lord right by our tour bus
0: right wow Wow.
1: The second that happened, that's when I knew I will never be in this industry again. Wow. I will never put myself in the Christian industry again. Ever. Wow. Like by the Lord's will, I won't do it because because it's not it's not conducive to really being or doing or saying what you really, really feel mm-hmm. God is putting on your heart. You'll get shunned. You'll now, get kicked out and shunned.
0: Okay, so now that to me <laughs> Is while it's not shocking, it should be shocking. You know what I mean. So you're saying that basically the Christian industry was so like critical and hard to deal with that you're like, I just don't want to deal with the, the Christian industry. I'd rather deal with the secular industry. Is that what you're saying?
1: It's, ex- it's exactly. It's let me make it let let me make it more or less personal. Uh huh. I'm not coming against any person. Sure. I'm coming against the ideology of yeah. a Christian industry. Yeah. The fact that we put a name on it, the fact that we call worship music, worship music. Mm-hmm. Do we understand that now we just negated other people's worship? Mm. A lot of people, I cannot sing like Chris Tomlin, but you're telling me that I have to write a song like Chris Tomlin in order for it to be classified as worship music? Right? If not, you. it's just music? Yet, the rappers who rap, the, the, the folk singers who do folk, the people who do these different styles of music, they are worshiping God the way they can. Hmm. But yeah. our industry has labeled it not worship. Yeah. Worship is Hillsong. Worship is Jesus culture. Worship is Tomlin. Worship is all these things. These, this is worship music. And coincidentally, the most fruitful and money making part of the whole industry. Mm -hmm. That's what worship is. It has Mm -hmm. become the most lucrative. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then everyone else who's just deemed normal and not worship, Mm -hmm. you'll never think of a rapper that comes into your church and raps and be like, oh, that's amazing worship. (laughs) You'll just be like, he's a rapper. Leave him for the kids on Wednesday nights. He's for the youth group. He's never for Sunday morning service. You'll never see a rapper in Sunday morning service. Right. You'll never get invited for that because... That's not worship, that's just rapping. That's for the kids. Wow. so this whole this whole mentality of industry mm-hmm. and segregating the things is when i when i took when I took a look at it, I was like, man, I'm in a business. So if I'm gonna be in a business, why not be in a business where I can fully be who I am? yeah and not get judged or not get accused of being not Christian enough? I might as well go over to the mainstream. And just be Christian in the mainstream. Yeah. yeah because yeah. at least they're like, yo, we either like your music or we don't. <laughs> and hilarious. When I started putting out my panda stuff under a mainstream deal, mm-hmm. I got way more love. Way more love. Wow. From Christians and non-Christians alike. It was just, they just either liked the music or they didn't. And they were, I wasn't being judged because I was a Christian.
0: Right.
1: Or how I lived my life. It was just, yo, you make good music. We like you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, and I feel like you hit on such a good thing. I I feel like there is this movement in the Christian community where I feel like the Lord is trying to redeem the integrity and the even like the beauty of his creativity and all the different forms that it takes. And the fact that you can do rap music and that can be worship because it's coming out of a heart that loves the Lord and wants to honor the Lord. You know what I mean? And like one, the lady who does the lights at our church, I just love her. She posted something, you know, how sometimes in churches, like people will be like, oh my goodness, the, the lights are too this or the lights are too that. It's too, you're too, trying to be a show or whatever. Um, she had posted a picture of her lights display that she had done, you know, before service. And she posted it on Facebook and she's like, you know, this is the, this setup is what I call blah, blah, blah. She had a name for it. And she was like to me doing these lights and choosing the colors that enhance the worship experience. She goes, this is worship for me. I love doing Mm -hmm. this because I'm loving on the Lord and welcoming his presence by the colors I choose and the patterns with the music of the lights and all this. And it like totally opened my eyes. I was like, "This is so true." And if we look mm-hmm. at God through the lens of He's a Father and I'm a Son, and not just a religious, churchy experience, suddenly we we can welcome all these different avenues, like you're talking about, and and get away from a religious view of it and start to just honor the gift that the Lord gave the artist. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that's so true. It's beautiful.
1: That's it's so beautiful. True. And I don't want to sound I don't I don't ever want to come off sounding negative because I'm sure it's it maybe it may feel negative I'm not like in any way negative towards the industry so many things are happening good um mm-hmm. my only thing is looking at things in a realistic perspective yeah like, this is what it is because there, there was a measure where I was in it and it was just more so like I kind of got fooled as well mm-hmm. and when I got out, I promised man always be honest with yourself like call things for what they are look this is not. I'm not calling everything bad or trying to be negative or saying this all negative because I feel like a lot of people have been blessed by the Christian music industry, Uh 100%. I've been a part of the blessing of blessing people. Mm -hmm. I just want people to give artists slash their brother in the faith (laughs) or sister in the faith. I want them to view them as as, as, as in a different light and the whole industry in a different way yeah. and make sure that we're not alienating our brothers and sisters or making them feel like they're not good enough when all they have is this gift that they're trying to offer the world right. that they feel God called them to. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of like what you're saying is with the lighting girl, like we all have different gifts. Mm-hmm. Let's embrace each other and embrace each, each person's unfolding of that gift mm-hmm. And encourage the family because we cannot do it alone. Yeah. And coming at each other is not the way to build a healthy church. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It just, yeah. it just doesn't make sense to me. And so, so I find being free from that, uh, being financially free, has helped me become more in tune with what God wants me to do and say without mm-hmm. any fear
0: mm-hmm.
1: of the repercussion of what this industry will, will do to me. Sure.
0: Yeah. And, um, that makes perfect sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So then considering all these different directions that gifts can, can show up, you also love fashion. So how did that yes. come onto the scene? Was it that moment with your pinstripe shorts that you're like, I better change this thing. Was that when fa- your love for fashion came in or
1: at Man, what point? I've, I've always loved fashions. It's, it's something that's just been in me. Like for, for me, fashion is more of an expression. It's another thing that I get to do creatively.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so even as a little boy, like I just always was about looking fly. Like <laughs> no matter what tax bracket I was at, I figured out a way to look fly. Yeah. And it was more expression than, than wanting people to see what I had on. Like it wasn't like, yeah. oh, look at my labels. It's more like, man, how does this make me feel? I don't buy anything without knowing why I'm buying it. That's good. That's something that I've learned. So if it's a brand, Uh I have to know about the brand before I support. So when I was young, Mm -hmm. I was buying stuff that I didn't even know about. As I got older, got a little more successful, it started to become like, okay, well, why, why pay this much money for Louis Vuitton? Right. Why pay this much money for Gucci? Why pay... Why pay money for this? Please tell me why. What are you doing differently in your process of fashion Mm -hmm. that warrants me paying this much money for any of this stuff? Because this is just a t-shirt, homie. Right. (laughs) A $500 t-shirt. Please tell me why I should part with $500 for your t-shirt. Right. And so as I study and I see their art and I see the the designers like, oh, my God, they're doing what I do. Uh I do music. They design t-shirts and shoes. And this is their... This is their gift. Their creativity is in this shoe. Is it a shoe? Just a shoe? And I'm sure it probably costs $8 to make. Uh Yes. (laughs) But when I drop a grand for a shoe or $1,200 for some boots or whatever, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking somebody thought this up and it is moving me. Mm -hmm. It's moving me to feel a certain type of thing. Yeah. So I'm purchasing this not because I'm saying, oh, these are really worth $1,200. But I'm saying you, sir, who designed this boot, Kudos to you because you made me feel something, and I think it's worth paying this much money because it makes me feel something. Right. So that's what made that's what fashion turned into. You know, Mister the family of the Vuitton family. You know, to study their history and to study what they wanted to do to become the first prominent luggage makers and how they were getting fakes and knockoffs even back then when they first started. Oh wow! Which is why they why they had to switch up from the Damier to the to the monogram. Like, they had to figure out a way to stop people from from jacking their stuff from back then. And they are still around today. Let's me know that they take their craft seriously. And they still hand make things. Because I even asked. I bought a backpack. And I'm like, excuse me, please let me know why this backpack is $2,300. This is a backpack. (laughs) This is a backpack. And I I went to the store and I made them tell me. Because I'm like, I'm not buying it unless you tell me prove to me why I should pay this much money uh-huh. and they told me they gave me the whole thing they're like this is still handmade and you see how many pieces this is like somebody has to hand make this uh-huh. and and we still take the time for quality control we didn't we didn't sell out and you can you can travel to Spain or to France and and visit our factories and see how we still do it and I fell in love with the nostalgia of the brand mm. like wow this family has been doing it I mean now it's owned by um Hennessy and all these other people but Mm -hmm. the the idea that people took time to really care about something and to make it and then it's lasted this long yeah that's why I'm in love with fashion and 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 just things like that in general is because I love all all the history of it
0: that's so awesome so would you ever have you ever played with fashion design or is that Mm -hmm. your do you do that
1: I have I've like remade stuff like I'll take stuff and then either sew stuff on it or resew it or Mm -hmm. um I haven't like gotten into creating my I mean I did my own merch and stuff that was fun but I've never like done my own line sure and um it's on my bucket list to make my own pair of jeans so I will do that at some point but I don't ever know Mm -hmm. if I'll ever uh release it or try to make it for real right now I just just enjoy doing it for me and I do it for my friends and people I'll style people like I'll go to your house like say I lived where you're at and you're like Manny I want you to help me with fat I want you to help me with fashion my clothes Uh are like whatever so I'll go to your house Uh and I'll pick out everything in your closet that doesn't belong meaning all this stuff not good yeah let's get rid of it (laughs) yeah let's give it away and then these are your base pieces that we can keep now I'm going to take you I'm going to find out what you like you're going to we're going to start a Pinterest board and you'll tell me everything that you like and then we'll go and find those pieces that you like and I'll style with you, you know what I'm saying, to make okay. sure you feel comfortable. I'll give you my opinion on what I think looks good on you. Mm-hmm. Then we'll go back to your house with all our new findings and I'll pick out all your outfits for the next week, hang them up for you, and give you like a little push in the in the right direction of like this is where you should go in fashion. That's awesome. And I've done it a bunch of times. I style video shoots and, and all this stuff. Mainly oh. I style with my own clothes. All my friends will come over and just take from my closet and just use it for their photo shoots and use forever. whatever.
0: You're describing and... my life right now, actually.
1: Oh yeah? <laughs>
0: yes. I'm it's a, so I'm a stylist also. So literally I have friends come over and I'll do photo shoots of them and half of the clothes they're wearing are my clothes, but yeah. Yep. Totally. It's fun. Totally. It is super fun. Okay. So, um, so the Christmas give back, totally mm-hmm. jumping subjects. Now you had shared on Instagram about, um, a Christmas give back that you were doing. I watched a couple of the videos, um, but I never caught the full story behind it. What was that about? What did you do? Where did it come from? What was that about?
1: Man, I just, after the pandas thing stopped working, I was asking the Lord, I was like, man, Lord, like what's next? Like, I don't feel passion towards music right now. I don't really feel passion towards anything. The only thing I'm passionate about right now is helping people. And so I was like, man, why don't I, why don't I do that? Why don't I just help people and make that look sexy? But there's something, <laughs> about, there's something about me wanting to make giving look sexy. Because I think there's nothing. If people will get on the giving train, I, they're going to feel so good about themselves. Way better than getting a new pair of whatever. Right. You know, and that's what I started feeling. I'm like, I have a closet full of clothes. Literally, I I did the math and I'm like, why if I had if I if I didn't spend the money on the shoes I did in the last two or three years, I could have paid off one of my houses. Well, I started thinking like that. I'm like, what the heck are you doing with your. So I started selling everything Mm. and I started giving stuff away from my closet. It started before you saw the giving thing. I would Uh get on Instagram and I'd be like, who wants something free? All you got to do is follow me on Instagram and and hit me up. And I'm going to pick people who follow me. And I'm going to send you stuff for free out of my giveaway. That's awesome. Prada glasses, Gucci glasses, um, scarves, Uh jewelry, like shoes. I've given away so much stuff for free. Uh And all the people (laughs) that added and followed me, like they stayed. I thought everyone would leave. Like once they got the free stuff, they're out. Right. But everybody stayed because they had the heart behind it. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, well, let me step it up. So I get on Instagram again and I'm like, you know what? Send me stories of families that need a Christmas because I'm going to buy people Christmas this year. Because me Come and my on, wife now. stopped doing Christmas for ourselves the second we got married. We're like, Christmas mm-hmm. is every day for us. So we're going to make Christmas about everyone else. Oh, so I got a slew of emails and a slew of stories and I picked a couple and I flew out got them everything they wanted. Mm -hmm. And it became a thing where I'm like, Oh God, this is it. Jesus. I need to find out how to get rich so that I can keep doing this.
0: (laughs) Right. Come on now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now my whole plans change. That's why I'm like, I don't really think about music. I don't think about anything. I think about Uh what, what investments can I make in my life so that I become stinking rich like wealthy. I just need to be wealthy because I have plans for this money. There's people that need it and I need to give it to them. Come on now. That's become my whole goal. So this year, I'm going to do another give with, uh, I'll Mm -hmm. do three more this year. One more for uh, a birthday. I'm going to pick somebody random birthday, Uh give them a thousand bucks, take them out shopping.
0: That's great.
1: I'm either going to do, and then there's a back to school one where I'm going to take a kid been good in school but oh, yeah. his parents may not just have money cuz remember in my last story about that's mm-hmm. why I got into crime was because yeah. I didn't have the right clothes now clothes isn't about everything but mm-hmm. when you're a young kid going into a school where you got to deal with bullying and people making fun of you when you have a nice fit on it it makes you walk differently there's a confidence when you walk into that school okay I'm on the same page now after that now you just got to do good in school now you just yeah. got to be kind to people and that's yeah. the things that I want to impart when I take whoever this young student is out for clothes. Like, hey, you can be the guy with the fly stuff, but if you're mean to people, uh-huh. like you're going to get the guy, guy that gets jumped for all your nice stuff. But if you're nice to people in kind, then you'll be the guy that pe- people didn't see coming. Like, why does this yeah. kid who looks super cool and got all the newest stuff on is just being nice to me? Like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. You expect him to be a jerk or like conceited. So I want to instill these things in these people. And then the yeah. last gift will be this last Christmas. I'm going to buy a car for a single mom who Aww. may be taking the bus to work and trying to figure out how to get her kids around. So I'm going to yeah. go get a car for somebody and make it happen. And this is just going to keep going. This will be my new thing. And I'm going to YouTube it all. That's and awesome. I want to make it look, you literally want to get uh-huh. to the point. This is what I'm saying. I want to get to the point where I'm flying around in private jets Just to go give money away. Not like flossing. You won't see me on a private jet like, look at my chains, look at my money. (laughs) I will be on the private jet saying, look at where I'm going, look who I'm giving to. So that it's all about the give. It's like this guy is living a life that all these rich people live, that we follow. But he's doing it just to go give money away.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That to me is fire. Because that in that, in that, you know that you're still okay, that uh-huh. God is taking care of you. And I the fear that most people have is, is if they give too much, they're not going to have enough for themselves. Yeah. But me and my wife have been given lavishly since we've been married and we have everything that we need. Yeah. And, yeah. and more than that, like yeah. we have way more than we've ever, ever imagined having. Like yeah. I super fly. I have a bunch of fly cars, bunch of houses. We live in, in the hills in LA and I'm not, that's not bragging. That's like all this. And we're still crazy givers. Oh devil. You can't lie to me. You can't, <laughs> Come on. You can't lie. Say that if I keep giving that you're going to, that I'm going to lose everything notch. Right. I'm yeah. past that lie. I'm past yep. that lie.
0: It's so legit, man. I I'm like, you're sharing all these things. I'm like, you are my tribe. Like, I totally am with you on your train of thought here. Um, I, you reminded me of whenever, when Hurricane Harvey came a couple of years ago, um, our house was flooded. We had like eight feet of water in our home. We had just built it. We'd lived in it for six months and then it flooded. And um, and it was a total gift from the Lord. Like, it was a miracle that we got in this house. And that's a whole nother story. Um, so when it flooded, I knew. I was like, Lord, you do not take from us. Like you are, it's the devil who comes to steal, kill and destroy. And I was like, so a, the enemy's not going to steal from me, but B, I mean, like we didn't have insurance or anything. And we certainly didn't have the money saved to just go rebuild our house all over again, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I was like, you know what? I was like, Lord, in this time, I want for you to continue to make us a source of generosity. Like, even though we need to redo everything, I was like, I'm determined that we're still going to be a source of blessing. Because I feel mm-hmm. like when you have that mentality of, I'm going to be a source of blessing, you, you walk in a whole different, almost realm. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's mm-hmm. like you're operating from a whole different place. And it was so fascinating. Every time that I would um, feel prompted to give to another family who'd lost their home during Harvey, it was like the Lord would immediately pay me back like 10 times what I gave away. Mm. And every single time, whether it was small and just what I had to work with or whether it was abundance and and whatever, the Lord would always immediately pay back like 10 times what I had given. And so I was like, well, dang, like this is fun, you know? Yeah. And so even looking back on that, when we lost our home and lost all the things, like I don't have negative memories of that. Like I it is one big positive memory for me because of the way that the Lord miraculously like every day I would pick up my kids and tell them all the things the Lord had done for us that day because he just kept showing up. And I really think that having that heart of generosity and giving was a key to that. And so I love what you're saying. Like God is totally in that. I'm I'm super excited to see what the Lord does with your Uh, dreams. It's just about
1: it's about focusing on other people because it's so easy for us to focus on ourselves and be like what well, we don't have. It's easy. It's easy for me to yeah. say, I don't have a career. I don't have anything going for me right now. Jesus, where are you? I, I used to be that guy. Don't get me wrong. Anytime something went wrong, like when group one first finished, I was like, what the hell, Jesus, how, <laughs> how am I going to do and try to do everything your way for so long? Like, I was never in this for money. I wasn't in this for anything. I was in this for the people and for you. And yet you let it die? Like, I was so, I was so like, what did I do wrong? Like, what, yeah. what's wrong with me? Did I did I do something wrong? Every time something happens that we don't think should happen to us, we the first thing we think is, we must have did something wrong. God is mad at us. Yeah. But you can't begin a new thing unless something dies. Like, you... <laughs> And death is never like pretty. People don't die great. You know, it's not like, oh, look at them dying. It doesn't happen. <laughs> it's sad. You mourn. Stuff has to end so that you can like begin a new thing. It's true. And so I had to like embrace the death around me in my dreams and my things mm-hmm. because I realized, no, 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 God, it's who I am in you that makes me come alive. If it's these things, if it's what I do, Mm. Then the second that I can't do or have these things, you cease to exist. Right. Our our relationship is no longer awesome. And that was a sad prospect for me. Right. So instead of me being sad, I'm like, screw that. There's always somebody <laughs> around me that needs something more than I do. Mm. And so I just opened my eyes and I would do this. Yeah. I did two things. I did $100 man. I called myself the $100 band man, right? Mm-hmm. So for a period of time, I always had a $100 bill in my, in my wallet. Okay. And I was always, the only reason it was there was to give away. And I would walk around, I'd be like, God's going to show me, when, he's going to show me, somebody's going to need this money, somebody's going to mm-hmm. need this money. For like a whole year, all I did was give out $100 bills. Whenever God would say, them, them, do it, them, them, wow. I would just give without asking, just give. Yeah. Then I got challenged to do a 30-day giving which meant every day. And if you follow me on Instagram, you saw my Uh chronicle of this. I did 30 days straight of giving every Uh day. I had to give something, whether it was a hug, a word of encouragement, a phone call, money, anything, Okay. 30 days straight. And I did it. And it was awesome. It was, (laughs) it was awesome. Like I remember I was in a, a restaurant in Nashville and I was eating with my friend, one of my best friends. And we were doing dinner. And there was these two girls right next to me. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, man. I was like, man, these are really like beautiful women sitting there doing their thing. I guarantee you they don't look like they need anything. But it's usually the people that don't look like it that I'm like, man, you know what? I think this will make them happy. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of their, their bill. Mm-hmm. So I told the waiter, hey, man, give me their bill. I'm going to pay for it. Cool. Bill comes. They're like, uh, they pull out their money. And the waiter's like, it's good. And like, oh, my God, what? And he was like, this guy took care of it. And I smiled and I waved. And they're uh-huh. like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Da, 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 da. And we get to talking. One of them is a wife of like uh, professional baseball player, So she's way more loaded than I am. <laughs> and so I'm like, she didn't need it. And this other one is an artist. But. <laughs> what happened, fast forward, we start talking. We know the same people. My my best friend knows the people that they know. What? All of a sudden, a year later, that artist, she's a singer, uh-huh. is now being managed by my friend. Oh, wow. Who we were at dinner with. Wow. So now they're doing business together. He's like pushing to further her career. Wow. And it's like, that would have never happened wow. if this little 30. So who knows what their relationship is going to grow into, but it all okay. birthed out of, this moment of just giving.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: So that's, it's like, there's nothing that can come bad of giving. So I'm like a proponent.
0: So good, man. Okay. So legit, when I, when I asked you if you'd want to be a guest on my podcast, I didn't know I was signing up for all of this. Like I'm super pumped. I'm sorry. I talk a
1: lot. Sorry.
0: (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm saying this is awesome. Like I love everything you're sharing. It's so good. Um, Okay. So then fast forward a little bit you're talking about your give challenge and then your newest venture is a podcast so Mm -hmm. where you mentioned you know when we were texting like hey this just feels like a god idea can you explain like what birthed the idea of a podcast
1: well I kept Mm -hmm. guesting on my friend Joe Coy he's a big comedian Uh and um he has a podcast and he would always tell me come on and I'll be like okay and I would just go and Just have fun on this podcast. And Uh I would start getting messages. And then my follower count started going up. And people would always hit me up like, we loved you on Joe's podcast. um, Because I would just be me, 100% Mm -hmm. uh, authentically me. Uh And and I had this one guy hit me up and was like, yo, you literally inspired me to pick my Bible up. And mind you, I'm not speaking Christianese on this show. Like I'm not. (laughs) like if you listen to the show some people may get offended because i i'm talking exactly how i talk and Mm -hmm. but people are getting ministered to and so they're like you if you started your own podcast we would so listen you should start your own podcast you start your own legit so i was like all right god if this is something and then my boy joe coy was like yo if you start a podcast i would totally help and produce and Um, help you so i just set it out there for god and i'm like all right lord I could do this, but I don't want to do it just because I can. Right. Like you, ha- you have to put it in me. It has to be in me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so one day I was just here chilling at the house and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was staring at my table in my office and it was a round table. And it made me think of um, King Arthur uh-huh. and the Knights of the Round Table. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's it. Instead of nights of the round table, it's nights at the round table. Okay. And just to play off of words, like we always have friends that come over and we have these amazing community that we just talk about anything and everything. Mm. And we it's such a blessing because it's given us life. It's literally like church for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I was like, hey, well, why don't we just put microphones up and continue to have these nights together? Wow. And so I invited two other people. It's me and my wife and my my friend Elise and my friend Brandon
0: uh-huh.
1: to come and be on it. And we just sit at this round table, drink wine, eat food, and talk about life, love, and and everything in between. Uh-huh. And it just it just felt good. And yeah. we did we did the first two couple nights ago, and it was so easy. It was so effortless. Like there wasn't need of we don't need to build chemistry because we already are in each other's lives you know sure. we're, we're doing it together and we have great perspective you know brand and elise are both pastor's kids elise is uh-huh. a pastor right now at a, at a big church here in la and brandon is teaching at a school um private school A basketball player because he used to be a professional basketball player cool and so it's good it's me and my wife and them too and
0: that's awesome yeah Man, well, I mean, like just everything that you've been sharing and the things just coming out of your heart, like I'm sitting here going, holy crap, I'm so excited that he's going to have a podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to definitely be listening to your podcast because so much of what you're sharing, I feel like is so, A, it is authentic, but B, I feel like it's refreshing because it's not, um, because it's faith, yes, and it's straight, like, let's just do pure just pure, like pure Jesus, but in a non-religious-y, over church And, and I'm, I mean, I've grown up in the church. Like I was a missionary kid. I'm a pastor <laughs> right now, mm, yeah. you know, and I've been in ministry my literally my entire life. And um, so I don't have anything against the church. But what I crave and long for is for the church. I feel like so much we can get caught up with the religious aspect of pursuing God that we miss God altogether, mm-hmm. miss his heart, miss his creativity, miss um, how personal he is. And um, and so I love that I hear a lot of that in what you're saying. I hear that heart coming out of your words. like You're just like, listen, God's real. God's in my life. He wants to do the things. Let's do what matters. And who cares if it's not what I always thought it would be? Let's just do the things, you know? And, um, and I feel like that's going to just your approach to the Lord using you is just going to be refreshing to people. And um, and it's just it's a voice we need. In fact, I was thinking about you when I was I was praying for this episode and praying for you and um, praying about just another friend. I know who just she's um, a celebrity stylist, actually, and she is a fashion designer and she just launched her own podcast. And so I was thinking about this. I was like, Lord, why? are there so many podcasts popping up right now, you know, like, especially among believers. And I just felt like the Lord was like, like, he's like, I need my people who are going to bring my voice to the airwaves. Like the Lord wants to be talking, you know, and he talks through his children and, um, and through his word. And so I'm just super pumped. Like I'm all about it. I'm praying for you already. And I'm just excited for what the Lord's doing in your life and what the Lord has ahead. And so,
1: yeah. Thank I you so too. much. Thank Mike, you for
0: sharing these things. Okay, so one last one last thought, last question. Sure. With my listeners who many of them, you know, they may not pursue the entertainment industry or, you know, they may be in business or they may be teachers or housewives, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but they all have dreams and mm-hmm. we all have dreams, especially if we know the Lord. His dreams are are born in our hearts and and so we all have just this sense of destiny inside of us. So what advice would you give to these people from all ends of the spectrum? What advice would you give them from your story about going after your dreams and running after the things that are in your heart that may seem too big for you, but you know that they're from the Lord?
1: Well, if it's, I don't think if it, if you can't do it, I don't know if it is from the Lord. If you can do it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I kind of feel like, why do you need Jesus to go and deliver this or to deliver You can, there's a lot of things you can do on your own without Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the things that take incredible faith. And for some of us that incredible faith is starting a podcast because we we're riddled with insecurity and we're riddled with, do people even want to hear from me? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we have a voice and, and, and that it takes faith just to believe that we have a voice. Right. Um, the biggest thing is for me, I just feel like you just have to do it. Like there's, everybody's going to be fearful. We are yeah. all scared and insecure about something and it's okay because you can't have bravery without fear. It doesn't work without <laughs> it. You know, like you need fear to have bravery. Yeah. So it's never going to be a, a, the fear won't probably won't ever go away. It's mm. you and whether or not you let the fear control you or the insecurity yeah. control you. Cause the second you do, that is a second that you've made fear and insecurity. You're telling it that it has more power in your life mm. than the, than the King of all Kings. And I think most people, if they would just do that thing that they feel that they're called to do, if mm-hmm. they would set their heart on it and just go for it, yeah, they'll be surprised at what God can do when you actually put it out into the world. I try yeah. every silly idea it comes to my mind. I, tr- I give it a go. If I feel it's a God thing, like I'll just try it. Yeah. Some of it works. Some of it doesn't. But I'm <laughs> like, there's no way I'm going to let an idea just live in my head that I feel yeah. could be a God thing. And so, so I just want to encourage people, just try. Try because you never know what that one decision can do for someone. This podcast thing, I don't know if it's going to work. But I do know if one person emails me and says, yo, you have blessed my life, then all the money I've spent on it, all the time, has been worth it. Because yeah. I don't know who that one person is going to become. Sure. I, wow, yeah. I don't know. He could become the next freaking Billy Graham. He could, you know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. just don't know who is listening to you and who you can affect. When yeah. I got saved, I had one guy disciple me. And it was this guy named Ruben and he was like 40 years old and we had this discipleship class. Mm. Mind you, it was like, the class was usually like 30 people to a class. So when I show up, it's only me and it's this dude. And I felt so bad for him. I was like, bro, you you don't have to like keep coming. Like this is me. And he's like, (laughs) no, if you come, I'm going to come. Like if you commit, I'm going to commit to you. And it's six weeks. And so I committed to him and he came uh-huh. every week. Come on. Fast forward. I stay saved. His, <laughs> his son, who was like one at the time, mm-hmm. his favorite musician or who inspired him the most was me. Wow. So fast forward 15 years later, his son is now doing music. He's out mm-hmm. here in L.A. chasing his dream, doing music. Inspired by me. Wow! Little did he know that he was actually the guy that was going to lead his son into his freaking calling. If he would have just quit on me, maybe I would have stopped going to church because I would have been like, "Man, this this sucks." The first time somebody gets a chance to like be a friend, they like bounce on me. This isn't the (laughs) church. You know, it could happen. Right. Right. So all that to say is you know what you have in you until you get it out, and and don't be like weird that it's it's a small thing don't don't like judge yourself on whether oh but it's not music or it's not preaching it's not something big where there's notoriety all that crap is that's for the birds yeah like happiness and true true joy doing what you've been called to do and what you feel purpose to do if that's freaking cooking for someone if that's being a teacher if that's being a gardener if that's being a musician Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter happiness doesn't land on what you're doing it lands on yeah who you're doing it for and that's it like that's really so it good. that's
0: so good so can we add to this um <clears throat> list of ventures that you're gonna write a book as well and
1: i've written a book have i've written you a i have written I did a children's book what yeah i have it all i've even written a cartoon for it to go with it i'm just trying to figure out i think i'm gonna self-publish this book and forget publishers because it's a cool idea.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
1: I it's, I can't wait. I just, I don't have kids. So it's hard for me to like get in a kid's mind. But um,
0: hey, I've got a, four boys. You can come borrow them.
1: <laughs> I'm, I may send you the, the book and you read it to I'm them curious. and see if it, if they like it. I'll be like, okay, I'll do it now. But That's I, I it. may just self-publish because literally like the children's book is awesome. But I, I I've been, it's been on my heart to write a book. But again, I don't do anything without passion or purpose. So I feel like, the Lord will let me know when the time is because then I'll actually complete it. Sure. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. yeah there's so, Yeah.
1: Sure. It's Roll coming, it. but the podcast yeah. thing is the next venture. And I want to like, cause I want to end up doing live podcasts. Like I want to fly to your city uh-huh. and like do a live one and, and on. like make it like a big deal. Like that's where I see it going. Legit. Come on. Who, who knows? We'll see.
0: That'd be Awesome. All right, friends, now it's time for one of your favorite parts of the show Live Packs with Jen. What's something you want to leave with the listeners?
1: Well, for those of you shoppers, there's mm-hmm. an app called Shop Style. If you haven't heard of it, it's amazing. It literally searches the entire globe Come for on. whatever it is that you're looking for. It's called Shop Style. That's just a little shop. That's for the fashionistas out there because uh-huh. I, I have cheaper in Italy than it's going for in LA and I'll get it like a month before anybody in the States have it. So it's just, oh. it's just a super dope app. It's called shop Stop. But as far as your dreams are concerned, here's the number one thing accountability. Uh, so in whatever, li- like I, I was following this YouTuber and he said, everybody has an idea, but not everybody has execution and execution mm. is everything. So what I tend to do is even to my social media following, or if you don't have a big one, it doesn't matter. Put your dream out there. Mm. Profess that you are going to do it. And let the world be accountable. Because you're going to feel real silly if you're like, guys, by the end of this year, I will have my clothing line done. Or by the end of this year, I will have (laughs) a record done. It's going to happen. Follow my journey. Then you're going to wait. If you don't do it and that one person hits you up, hey, whatever happened to the whatever, you're going to feel right. like, oh, my God, they're actually a failure. They're actually <laughs> wanting me to do what I said I was going to do. That stuff works, man. And that's so true. that's why I put everything out in the open. I tell my wife, I tell my friends, guys, I'm going to do this. And they, just by them asking, hey, whatever happened to whatchamacallit? I will I will find myself like feeling real silly if I was just a talker and I just, sure. oh, I'm just going to sound cool and I'm going to say stuff. No, 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 no. I say yeah. it, I speak it, and I say, I'm going to accomplish this.
0: Okay. And it
1: feels so good when you actually do that. So it's just accountability, execution. So that's what, it's simple. It doesn't cost money. Just tell somebody and, <laughs> it's awesome. and see if they keep you accountable and That's it. That
0: is that. You know what? I can vouch for that. That is right now. That is why you're recording this podcast with me right now. Is Mm. because I told a friend, I said, if I keep this in my head, it's never going to happen. Still took me forever to get it done, but she kept me accountable and the dream came to fruition. So there you go. You're legit. You're legit on that. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think we could probably still talk for another hour, but I want to let you go. But thank you so much, Manuel, for coming and thank sharing you. your wisdom and experiences. This has been way more encouraging, way more enriching than I even expected. So I'm oh, awesome. truly grateful.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, until next time, you guys, thanks for joining Java with Jen. Y'all have a great week. Get up, get up. And you guys, don't forget to go follow your boy, Manuel Reyes, on Instagram. And his handle is at Manuel Reyes. It's his full name: M A N W E L L R E Y E S. Manuel Reyes. And then you can find his newest podcast venture. Um, go show him all the support. He's on all major platforms. I found him on iTunes um, under Nights at the Round Table. Subtitle is Very Round Table. So. Find them over there, show them your support, and we'll see you next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. It really means a lot to me. And don't forget, you can always email me with questions or comments at javawithjenpodcast at gmail.com. And for links or show notes, just go visit my blog at jenaleesamuel.wordpress.com. Until next time. You've got this, and God's got you.